Today, the Below Average Joe's MMA show for the last time of 2022 present the weekend preview. And we are talking about UFC Vegas insert number here headlined by two guys trying to get back on track in the middleweight division. Jared Cannonier versus Sean Strickland in the brightest of moments fell the hardest back in the summer. Can they get back on track? They got to go through each other to find out. We're also talking about a potential rematch. Between Patty Pimblett and Jared Gordon. All this and more, and it all starts right now. <laughs> I wish I would have started just so you, <laughs> you would have done that. <clears throat> Welcome back, everybody. Hello. Thank you for joining us. Episode 257. Of the show, I'm Noah Baker. I'm one half of your hosting duo. The man to my right, he still wets the bed. That's Ooh. Dominic Salee. <laughs> Dominic, coming to us from the great state of Ohio. Yeah. How are you feeling on this Thursday? And uh, we got a pretty small but good card ahead. How are you feeling going into the weekend? Oh, no, I'm just feeling bittersweet. I think that's the perfect way. It's our last MMA weekend preview of 2022 and man it's just dwindling down the year just really does fly by when you look at it we were just talking off camera off recording about bets and whatnot but I'm gonna let that slide to the side and still be jolly still be happy it's a really good card a lot of sleepers on this card we get to talk about a couple fun ones a little bit of news and it's just nice being here uh, with my companion Noah Baker, how are you doing as we head into this final MMA weekend of the year? I feel good. I do feel good. You know, I'm I'm part of me. I think I'm actually kind of looking forward to the break. Um, that's been different in years past. You know, usually that 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 month off, you know, it just sucks. But it sucks to for us as content creators, I guess. But for this year, you know, me and Dominic have some pretty big things in the works, and mm-hmm. a lot of that's being unveiled at the start of the new year. So yeah. it's um, it's kind of nice, I think, to, you know, just get a few weeks off of that. We'll we still be part- for us. Yeah. yeah, we'll still be giving you guys great content, but the content we're giving you makes the scheduling a little bit more flexible. So we don't necessarily have to record like today on Wednesday, we can record some of these things whenever. So um, it just makes it a little easier when we're both kind of preparing to launch some new stuff. So Mm -hmm. um, I hate to say that because again, it's, it's tough for the content, but it also gives us an opportunity to keep going with some of our other content ideas on uh, this channel. So um, the ends justify the means, I guess is what they say. Absolutely. But um, Dominic, you want to know whose means justify the ends? <laughs> Who would that be? <laughs> That'd be our good friends over at PointsBet Sportsbook. Hmm. Now, Dominic, do you want to take the ad read this time? I know. <laughs> I'm, uh, yeah, <laughs> I'm, yeah. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. You just do it so perfectly. I can't I'm just, live up. I, I, I've had a lot of practice up to this yeah. point. I don't yeah. want to make Dominic cold yeah. turkey just go right in there. Make himself look like a fucking idiot. No, yeah, yeah, the best so, you know, 
<laughs> Points Bet Sportsbook. They are the official betting partner of the Below Average Joe's MMA Show. And right now, they have a great offer for you to listener, you to viewer. Right now, if you sign up with Points Bet Sportsbook and put in your initial deposit, they are going to match 100% of that initial deposit up to $2,000. Mm. That is up to $2,000 free dollars in your bankroll right away. And all you have to do is just sign up. Yeah. I mean, it's free money. Some would say it's just really easy to do, too. I mean, you're what, basically what are we losing out on? You're basically robbing them blind. Yeah. You are basically taking money out of Drew Brees' pocket. <laughs> right. <laughs> there are two ways you can make good on this offer. One, you can go into the link in the description of today's episode. Follow that link. Sign up. Put in your deposit. It'll be matched. Mm-hmm. The second way, Dom, you can download the PointsBet Sportsbook app, mm-hmm. use code MMA Joes. MMA Joes. Correct. At sign up, put in your deposit, it'll be matched. Mm. So thank you to PointsBet Sportsbook. Please bet responsibly. And Dominic, with that, we're going to move over into UFC Vegas insert number here. And we'll talk about the main event. Jared Cannonier taking on Sean Strickland. The odds are dead even, Dominic. Minus 110, no matter which way you slice it in this main event. And both guys come in here on equally as um, downtrodden. Uh, They both come in equally as defeated, maybe, in terms of where they stand in the division. Both come in licking their wounds a little bit from their previous performances. Both had to do it in some of the brightest lights of UFC 276, International Fight Week. Jared Cannonier in the main event, fighting Israel Adesanya for his middleweight title. Nobody can fault the guy for losing Israel Adesanya. He's obviously an exceptional fighter. But when you saw how the fight turned out, <clears throat> it left a lot to be desired. Yes. And Cannonier just didn't look great in the fight. Mm-hmm. While on the other end, some would say even worse, was Sean Strickland was in your feature bout against our current middleweight champion, but then uh, was making his third walk to the octagon, mm-hmm. second, third, Alex Pajara. And he got knocked out about a little over two minutes, a little over a little less than three minutes into the first round. Sean Strickland, of course, had really been kind of – there was something working with his, um, <clears throat> let's call it character. Yeah. Um, I think it's really just him. But at the same time, there seemed to be something that the fans were cl- latching on to. They seemed to like the banter between him and Israel Adesanya. Mm-hmm. So if he had won that fight, he was likely looking at – he likely would have been the guy fighting Izzy yeah. at MSG. But instead, he's knocked out. Here he is to end the year in a main event at the Apex. My question for you, Dom, who are you more confident in to come in here ready to bounce back from what is one of their career lows, perhaps, in their previous fights? I feel like I would lean Strickland in this fight because I think it suits him – a little more like for Cannon because what, what, what do we always like to call Sean Strickland, right? The uh, technical brawler, I think, is the right. terminology we've yeah. passed around on the show the past couple of years. He's just very good 
at volume striking, not overwhelming you with power or one-punch knockouts, but he's just very intelligent when it comes to the striking realm. Jared Cannonier is coming off of fighting a very high-quality striker, and I'm not comparing Strickland and Izzy per se, but in terms of the striking as a whole, Cannonier is coming off of another striker, and he's now going to face Strickland, who's a striker as well. Uh, albeit very different, I just don't know if the matchup will necessarily allow Cannonier to unleash that explosiveness that we've seen because we didn't get to see it in the Izzy fight at all. I think we can definitely see it more in this matchup uh, compared to the last one, especially when you consider that Strickland did just get knocked out. But I still just feel like tit for tat over the course of five rounds, if it goes that 25 minute distance, I think I do lean more towards Strickland being able to implement the correct game plan to get a bounce back win here. I'm curious to get your kind of feedback. I would agree but I actually don't know if it's as much to do with the the, way, the losses that these two are coming off of. I kind of set you up for that one. So, But yet, I don't really believe it. Like, I don't really believe that either guy's going to be all that affected from the loss that they're coming mm-hmm. in on. Cannoneer, you know, lackluster performance, sure. But he was fighting for the most prestigious yeah. belt, you know, in the company. So yeah. no harm, no foul, right? Yeah. Uh, while Sean Strickland's such a crazy man that he probably loved being knocked out. I mean, I don't know. <laughs> Maybe. But in all honesty, I think it comes down to how much each of these guys have left to give. Nah. Sean Strickland is still, you know, it was definitely a stumbling moment against Pajara. But he still has plenty of room to kind of climb back, get himself right back in the position that he was in at UFC 276. Cannoneer does not feel like he has that kind of time yeah, and maybe even willingness to really put in that work at this point. I mean, he's what, 38? 38. Mm-hmm. And, you know, this is a guy who's fought at weight classes much heavier than he's currently at. So, you know, you add in the kind of weight he's had to shed off over the years to get down to 185. That definitely takes some fight years off of you. I just don't know how much he has left. And this might not be the fight to really expose it because Sean Strickland typically doesn't win fights. Contrary to what his personality mm-hmm. might tell you, he doesn't tend to look for finishes in his fights. I mean, I think he'll take it if it's there, but yeah. he does not put himself in many dangerous situations now. Exactly. His game plan against Pajara was very ill-conceived from the get-go. I mean, he yes. talked about it afterwards, how he wanted to strike with him. He thought he could outstrike him, and he got put on his ass because of it. But yeah. <clears throat> I don't. I think he'll have the striking advantage here against Cannoneer. Cannoneer for sure has a power advantage, Yes, but I don't know if it's really going to matter because, again, Sean Strickland typically doesn't put himself in vulnerable positions. He fights very smart fights. Yeah, which feels completely atypical to the kind of person he presents himself as. Mm-hmm. But that's just the reality of who he is as a fighter. He's not, I call him a technical brawler because he, he, um, how do, why do I call him a technical brawler? It's really because, I mean, obviously he uses a lot of volume striking, but yes, the, the brawling part is, is less of, I guess, the actual combinations he puts together or less of uh, the kind of striking he uses. It's more about 
his attitude when doing it. He talks a lot of yeah. shit when he's in the cage. He yeah. he loves to talk. He loves to get in like up close in the pocket. Yeah. But yet doesn't really look for the finishing top the blow. He doesn't look to over get overzealous and swing real heavy. You know, he mm-hmm. keeps it very low key, very much like on pace. He he, he basically stays at the same kind of volume for yeah. the entire fight. So I think it'll work well for him here. There's a chance Cannoneer could catch him, of course, and, you know, maybe Strickland's chin just ain't going to be the best, and maybe he could put him out. But I think this is Sean Strickland's fight to lose. Yeah. The odds don't the odds don't necessarily say that, but, you know, Dom, what would, what would Jared Cannoneer have to do to win? Is it as simple as he needs to knock him out or – you know, do you think his wrestling or anything else about his game could get him a victory? Yeah, I was just trying to think about it as you were going there, and I really did keep leaning toward. I just, all in all, I really leaned Strickland pretty heavily in this mm-hmm. fight, guys. If I'm being honest, like, yes, Jared, he's going to have to avoid Jared's power. That's first and foremost. But if you take that away, because we've not, I mean, literally, if you take away Sean's loss to Alex Pereira which is a fight that he shouldn't have been standing with to begin with. The guy was on a tear and he hasn't really ever even been knocked out for a very, very long time. He's 25 and four overall. And it's just with Cannoneer, maybe he could grapple, but I feel like Strickland's like, we don't get to see it much, but I just feel like fight IQ wise, he would be able to negate that. I really do for whatever reason. I I just think in the clinch, he's going to be better. I think he's going to be able to defensively, keep this fight standing and again just with his he's going to keep it at the distance that he wants it at and i feel like even at the close ranges he's going to be better too regardless of the power of cannoneer at all ranges this fight will be on the feet eileen strickland i i'm i'm like not surprised that the line is dead even but the way i'm speaking i feel like he's like a minus 200 favorite if this is a very i haven't felt this way about a fight like line wise in a while i feel like yeah to feel that confident and a line that's so close i will say another thing that kind of helps strickland is he tends to close the 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 distance and he he gets in the pocket but again it's it's like kind of a facade because he still remains a very defensively sound and yeah um non-aggressive fighter but it He's aggressive in closing distance, but not aggressive in necessarily uh, putting pressure on you or anything like that. Meanwhile, I feel like Cannoneer, contrary to a lot of fighters that carry big power, his power seems to be best utilized at distance. Mm. You know, he's got long limbs and he he covers a lot of area when he throws. And yeah. I feel like his his biggest successes in whenever he's had to utilize his power have been almost at a distance when he's caught someone off guard because they thought they were safe enough away from him. He can him. explode, you know? Right. You know, that's what he kind of caught Robert Whitaker doing yep. in their fight when Whitaker had looked so great by putting pressure on Cannonier yep. for the first two rounds. But the moment there was some distance and Whitaker's like, hey, I'm comfortable here. I'm going to maybe coast this round. Then Cannonier explodes and catches him. So Yeah, yeah. I, I definitely think that for Sean Strickland's type of style, I think it benefits him to continue closing that distance and staying in the pocket here. Yeah, I agree, man. I'm going to be curious to see how it actually plays out compared to what we're saying here. 
I'll see your Jared and raise you another Jared because we're going to move into the headlines and talk about Jared Gordon. Mm. So Jared Gordon, of course, was on the wrong end or the, the tough end of a very controversial unanimous decision last weekend, UFC 282, against Patty Pimblett. Um, some are saying the biggest robbery of all time. We didn't necessarily yeah. go that far, but yeah. we definitely both we both said the R word on the show. We we mm-hmm. said robbery, so that is forever. <laughs> oh yeah, it's out there now. Once yeah. it's said on the app, once it's said on the podcast, you can't take it back. Barstool yeah. will probably never hire us because of that. <laughs> but that's true. You know, we just have to accept that. Yeah. So, Jared Gordon, funny enough, goes on Twitter. This actually happened, I think, last night from when we're recording. Uh-huh. And he issued a challenge to Patty. He said, look, I have no issue with you. Of course, these two do have some history of rolling together. That was kind of a source of tension because Patty said he uh, made him tap, I think, and mm-hmm. Jared denied that. But anyways, he said, I have no ill will towards you, but I'd love to fight you again, this time in London. And maybe we, us and Barstool can team up and do some really good work for a lot of people because Patty had said after the fight, last weekend that he wanted to work with Jared on some of the charities he works with and stuff. You know, Jared's got um, a great heart. He works a lot. He tries to give back a lot to the community and to a lot of less fortunate people. He comes from a tough, tough, you know, life where he really had to clean himself up and Mm -hmm. scratch and claw for every opportunity. So I respect a lot that that's kind of the direction Patty went and stuff regardless of how I think the fight itself went. Yeah. But this was interesting. Dave Portnoy even responded and said that he would love to do that. And, you know, that he would, he said he would still root for Patty to, to beat the shit out of him a second time or whatever he said. But, um, Patty, no comment up to this point. Now, of course, Patty, after the fight said that he thought his foot, something was fucked up with his foot. Um, he kept saying that over and over again in the post-fight press conference because people were asking him, of course, about the London card, if he would fight there, who he'd fight next. And he kept saying, my foot doesn't feel right. You know, I need to get that checked out first. So, Dom, let's say that the foot comes back to where he'd be okay. Let's say he's going to be fighting on the London card, mm-hmm. regardless of the opponent. If you were to... to be in the shoes in that war room with Dana White and the boys. Mm. Are you pushing for Patty Pimblett to fight Jared Gordon again? Oh, if I'm putting myself in their shoes, I like the way you kind of put me in that situation. I probably would still say no, because I just don't think if you're the boys right in the war room, Mm. do you think that people in the community are clamoring for that? fight again because i mean let's be honest here the fight in itself regardless of what the scorecards were or not was a very dull fight for the most part right a couple big shots you know here and there in rounds one and two round three was a bit of a dud i just i don't think there's any pros necessarily in it for the ufc as a company i i I, let's just kind of go back and forth here let's kind of talk through this together here so I guess I liked the Patty Gordon fight a little bit more. Round three, I'll give you. Yeah. One of the worst rounds of the year, maybe. <laughs> but yeah. Rounds one and two, I think, were were pretty active and pretty exciting, especially when you saw the kind of success 
that Jared Gordon yeah. was having, that definitely kind of piqued the interest a little more. Like, whoa, is he really going right. to kind of shock everybody here? I'm actually going to go the opposite of you. I think that this is the best decision for the UFC to make. Hmm. Now, the big reason for that is because everybody has talked about this fight over the last week. That's true. Everybody. They yeah. have talked about the decision, how it was a robbery. You know, Patty even unbeknownst to himself, I guess, even leaned into it by saying the fight wasn't close. Yeah. He's pissed off that people are saying that he lost and all this stuff. So he, it was someone I think put this on Twitter. It was like his villain origin story yes. was uh, this past weekend. And that's very much true. Kind of like how Hamzat yep. was at uh, UFC 279 a little bit. Almost like a phoenix from the mm-hmm. fire just born. But I, th- so I think it's the right move because Jared Gordon, you know, he's, he's sort of the guy just here, right? He's the opponent, but now he's a sympathetic figure, not only for the, you can really build, talk about this guy's backstory, you know, what he's had to fight through, tr- you know, get through to get to this point. And then he, he was so close to, to on the biggest stage, getting one from the UFC's, you know, future, the guy that they're really building up, and it was taken from him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then for Patty, this is a chance to get that monkey off the back, show that that was a fluke. If your foot hadn't been compromised, you would have finished him in that fight and get that really earn that win, you know? Yeah. And it's in London, so obviously no matter who you put against Patty in London, it's going to be a big hit no matter what. But I, I also am definitely liking you know, the barstool inclusion and what they can potentially all work together to do for some of these charities that Jared Gordon worked for. But even as just if I just were to look at this as from a UFC perspective, mm-hmm. I think that that's the best decision to make because the other option is to either give Patty a, an opponent that is somewhat similar to Gordon, but not Gordon yeah <laughs> or you give him a step up and potentially yep. push him in the top 20 top 15 territory I think the latter is a huge risk considering how he looked in the fight against Gordon and I think the former is somewhat of a risk too because if you put him up against just somebody some guy who maybe hardly anybody knows and he loses yeah. then you know it'd be a bit of like what would have happened if he had just lost to Jared Gordon, where it's kind of like a wet fart in church. It's like, well, that hurts the star power a little bit. But if you do Jared Gordon again, I think that due to all the controversy with that fight, all of a sudden that's been somehow lifted to mean a little bit more. I think there's a bigger platform for that fight now. I think it's a bigger fight now. And even Jared Gordon himself is a guy that a lot of people are kind of becoming familiar with because they think he got screwed. Yeah, and I feel like, and again, we're kind of talking from a company perspective here. If they do run this back, you got to think of it in kind of two ways. So if Patty wins, um, and I would think, regardless of if it's a decision or not, surely the second fight would be more decisive. I would surely hope so anyways. Um, say Patty were to win via finish or just a dominant decision or something, then they bury the hatchet. That rivalry can kind of go by the wayside. Patty can take that next step. If Patty loses to Jared Gordon, it's like, all right, well, you know, maybe a future cast cow did just lose, but he's losing to someone that there's already a built in storyline with. 
So you can kind of work with Gordon, and it's better for him to lose to Gordon than to some guy on the same level of Gordon or to push exactly. Patty and lose. Exactly. You know I mean? And I would say if he if Gordon were to win the second fight, all of a sudden you have a trilogy, and maybe you make that a fight night headliner. That's and true. I know people people and I know like a lot of people are probably gonna like think that's dumb. There's not enough hype to that fight. It's not a big enough fight. Oh. But you have to recognize Patty as big as he is already. Yeah. He this would be the perfect solution to what the UFC is going to have a problem. Yes. And the problem is, is that Patty's star power has surpassed his talent at yes. this point. Yes. So he so he can still get better cuz he's only 27, 28. 27. Yep. So you really don't hit that peak prime until you're at least 30 years old. Yeah. So Patty would have time to keep honing those skills, getting better, getting gaining some fight years, some of that IQ getting a little smarter, whatever. And you just have him fighting Jared Gordon. The for, same, yeah, exactly. The same guy three times. And it would just be like almost like his first big rivalry. It'd be kind of unorthodox, unprecedented. <laughs> but yeah. I think it would work out in the UFC's favor. You even get a fight night headliner out of it in the third fight or whatever. Yes. It would be one of the most unexpected trilogies in UFC history. It, it's crazy, <laughs> though, guys. Like, really, you have to think. In the, put yourself in the UFC's shoes. This fight had to open their eyes, regardless of yeah. the, all the controversy. They know now what they're working with, complete skill set-wise, and they know all of the talent that they have in the lightweight division. Because we're talking, I mean, let's be honest here, Noah, a step up for Patty from Gordon is competition like, what are we seeing this weekend? Drew Dober and Bobby Green fighting each other. Mm. That's the type of territory. And if you throw Patty in against either of those two, I don't know how that goes for Patty. I don't think it goes well if I had to put my money right. where my mouth was. So the UFC has to be very deliberate with their future cash cow here. I agree. And the more I talked about it, the more I've talked myself into it. So. I think, didn't I just do the same, I guess, because yeah, I so started I, on the other side. But. I, I, I guess if I had to ask you one more question before we go, and just a simple yes or no, we won't even go okay. into detail. As you sit here today, and let's assume that the foot's not an issue. Okay. Would Patty take that fight? Would he take it? Like, as in, that's the fight he's going to do. If that's the fight that the UFC. Win the fight. If, sorry, I meant um, if the UFC were to offer that okay, fight, do you so think that's the fight, fight that he wants? I don't. Th you said yes or no. Damn it. I think I'll say yes. I think he will. I'm gonna say yes, but he'd be reluctant. I know I told I, I kind of went against my own role there. I don't think it's the fight that he wants, but I think he no. would realize it's. The I think fight it. That he I think it would. It partially piss him off because he was like, I didn't think it was close. I don't yeah. know why I should have to fight this guy again. But I think he seems to be really wanting to gain favor with the UFC. You know, you look at yeah. the podcast with him and Dana. I mean. I'm not going to go as far as some people call him like a bootlicker and all this stuff. No. I mean, come on, guys. It's like, you know, it's it. He works with Dana, like whatever. They're they're yeah. palling it up. I'm not saying he should have went after Ariel. That was all kind right. of yeah, right. but whatever. But it was pretty clear that he wants to like be friendly with the UFC brass because he knows how that can benefit him. Yes. Guys like Conor McGregor and Chuck Liddell before him were really tight with Dana. And, and that, of course that helped. Yeah. Didn't hurt, 
Mm-hmm. You know, not that it, it's the end-all, be-all. I mean, Tito Ortiz had a pretty good career, and him and Dana were supposed to box at one point. They hated each other so much. Right. But it definitely helps to be friends friendly with those guys. So I, I, I think he would do it if that's what they wanted him to do. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, I like it. I agree. Let's get on to the rest of UFC Vegas insert number here. We got three more fights to talk about. All bangers. Yeah. All two at 155, one at 145. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So all two of the most loaded di- divisions in the UFC. And there's a lot more fights on this card that are intriguing, oh, good, yeah. promising. Oh. Yeah. But you'll probably hear us talk about those come Monday in the recap as per right. usual. So let's talk about the co-main event, Armand Saryukian coming off of his very, very razor-thin close decision loss to Matos Gamrot. He is back, and he is fighting Demir Ismagulov. Mm-hmm. Once again, Dom, a battle of some of the brightest and most promising of this so talent-stacked lightweight division. Saryukian has now lost twice in the UFC. Obviously, the first one came a long time ago to Islam Makhachev. We see Islam is now the lightweight champion, so you know how that's kind of turned out. And then his previous loss was so close. I mean, just so close. But he's going up against a guy who we've really never even seen in uh, barely in danger in Ismay Gulov. I think the guy has one loss in his entire pro MMA career. Yeah, and in the UFC he's looked basically flawless, mm-hmm. but going but this is really a step up for him in terms of competition, the kind of guy he's going to be fighting here. So I guess um, the question is: we've seen uh, Saryukian be a little more battle tested, but also have some more moments of weakness compared to Ismagulov, but mm-hmm. yet Saryukian is a pretty heavy favorite minus 190 coming in. Yeah. So my question for you is why is that? Why are the odds makers seeing this so heavy for Armand? I think it's got to be right now because more well-known guy and a lot of people think he won that fight against Matos Gamrot. I believe you and I included at least at the time being anyway. Favorite. That's like my all around favorite. Well, second favorite fight of the year. It's hard to beat Glover and Yuri, but that's my second favorite fight of the year. It was such an incredible high level mixed martial arts fight and i expect much of the same here in this one but i'd say those are the two main reasons uh why armand's coming in at almost a two to one favorite i just think you look at a guy like armand and you just see future champion and i think for the hardcore fan base you look at a guy like demir and you could potentially make that same argument i mean he's a little bit older he's 31 compared to armand being 26 but he kind of has the same skill set where you could feel confident in saying maybe this guy's a future champ not as many people know about it yet. So this is kind of, yeah. this is Demir's opportunity to essentially do what Armand got to do in June against Matos. It's kind of like the same fight because all these guys are coming in so hard in that back half of the lightweight division. So, I mean, I think I do lean Armand, I guess. Like, I don't hate that line, but I think almost being two to one is a bit steep just because Demir is as legit as they come. He's won 19 <laughs> fights in a row. He's 4-0 and in the UFC against, you know, Grom Kudeladze, Tiago Moises, Joel Alvarez. I mean, really, really good guys that are on that outside bubble again that we were just talking about with Patty. So this is going to be an incredible fight, and I'm very glad that they 
were awarded this co-main <clears throat> event slot as well. Completely agree. Our next fight, Bruce Leroy is back, Alex Caceres, and he's taking on Juliana Rosa, who's coming in on a three-fight win streak. Mm. Uh, Bruce Leroy's had a – man, that guy's been through it all in the UFC, hasn't he? You know, his record no isn't – his record's not one that pops off the page. If anything, it pops off the page for the wrong reasons mm. because it's like, damn, that's a lot of losses. <laughs> but – in reality, Dom, this is a guy that a year ago, maybe even less than that, was ranked in the top 15 at, at mm -hmm. featherweight. Mm -hmm. So it shows how far he's come. He's main evented a fight night before against Yair Rodriguez. Very close fight that one was back in 2016. So he's just steadily improved. He came in very young into the UFC. Yes. He's a little bit older now, a little bit wiser, smarter, better. But Julian Rosa's got fucking power. And we've seen Caceres can weather a storm for sure. He's been hurt in other fights and came back and won by really using the well-rounded skill set. He's developed a lot of submissions, jiu-jitsu, and whatnot. Yep. He's been able to lean on that when he's gotten hurt. But against Julian Arosa, do you think he'll be able to do it again? It's possible. It is possible because he's just got so much high-level UFC experience. And no, I love this fight so much because Julian Arosa is coming into this, like no, like you said, on a three-fight win streak, but in the same sort of situation that Alex Caceres was in a year ago. He was on a five-fight win streak. It looked like he was finally putting it all together. He was getting into his prime years. But then he went up against Sadiq Youssef in March, and he did lose that fight over the course of, I think it was a decision loss. For uh, Julian here, he started his UFC career 0-3, but now yeah. he won three in a row. He did lose to Sung Woo Choi, but now he's won three more in a row. He's won six of his last seven. Very similar position, again, to Bruce Leroy a year ago. I love that storyline going into this fight. And it's one that I believe is going to probably be overlooked by a lot of people. But it should actually be a pretty fun fight. Yeah, I think this fight's going to be nuts. I really yeah. do. I mean, when yeah. you have these two guys, Arosa kind of goes in with reckless abandon. Casera is, again, a master of weathering the storm, mm -hmm. but is always put in a storm. Yes. <laughs> so yes. because of that, I think this is going to be a bonkers fight, and I can't wait for it. Mm -hmm. Lastly, the people's main event here. Yeah, Drew Dober versus Bobby Green. This if you put this those two names, you know, whenever they show that the card and it says Drew Dober versus Bobby Green, it's not it's not what it's gonna say. It's just gonna say violence. That's mm -hmm. all it's gonna say. Yeah. So Dominic, Drew Dober versus Bobby Green. My question for you, because I'm gonna try to guide the discussion here just a little bit. Okay. Who has more to gain here with the win? Oh boy. Oh boy. Oh, I think you have to go Drew Dober just because he's still a little bit younger. He's still maybe got a little bit more <clears throat> upside in his career. Is that too controversial to say? No, I don't think it's controversial to say at all. I do go the other way. Mm. I think I, I think there's more. What what was my original question? It said who more benefits more, more to yeah. gain from a win. So under those pretenses, I actually think I go Bobby Green because of some of that momentum he built up early in 2022 yeah. led into that main event, that late replacement main event spot against Islam Makachev obviously didn't turn out too good for him. He didn't really lose any stock though. Problem is he had that whole little thing where he kind of popped for 
oh, PEDs, yeah. and he owned up to it, said it was like a complete mistake. I think he took some sort of vitamin or something. Yeah, probably one of those supplements. supplements. Yeah, a supplement, right. So he kind of owned up to it, but because of that, he lost a lot of time. Yeah. I think a whole six months, right? So mm-hmm. here he is to end the year. I think a win, a big win, perhaps even like a war, a finish, whatever, could really get him back to where he kind of was going into that Islam fight. And, Dom, that would be huge for him because just think about the fact they felt confident enough to put Bobby Green in that main event. So Bobby Green, realistically, if he could just get back to that, just get a big win here, knock out Drew Dober, as crazy as that is to even fathom, or just have a war with Drew Dober and he gets the win, all of a sudden that hype could be right back for him and maybe, just maybe, we could see him somehow get into another main event next year. It's not the craziest thought. It might be a long shot, but I just had to put it out there. I think Drew Dober's ceiling has been reached. I think Mm. he's very good, but you're right. He is a few years younger. I think we could probably agree Bobby Green is not at his peak anymore, Mm -hmm. even though he's still very talented. So a lot to gain for both guys. But in terms of kind of Bobby Green just feels like he might have a little bit more potential as like a kind of a star in a way, if you had Yeah. To. That part I I, see. I don't really want to say it like that because star there, there's levels to this, right? Like he's not yeah. gonna be a Patty or a Sean O'Malley, but you know I think he could be a guy that people tune in, like a cowboy Cerrone type. Yeah. Yeah. I think he yeah. could for sure turn into that. It's this is interesting too, dude, because like Drew Dober's been, he's had five wins in a row that are all by knockout. But Bobby Green, dude, don't get knocked out. This, yeah. And and Dober, don't get knocked out. <laughs> and so like this fight has fire. It's it's fireworks. It's banger. It's violence. All those fun words. Beautiful chaos. It's all of them. That's what this is. You could say that again about Drew Dober doesn't get knocked out. If you need any more evidence, go watch that Terrence McKinney fight again. Holy shit. That- what a fucking fight that was. God, yeah. I got to make sure I put that on one of the Joey categories. That just has <laughs> to go somewhere. Yes, yes. Because that fight was fucking nuts. I just got excited thinking about it. And it, it. lasted three minutes, that. by the way. I'm going to go watch that fight after this. But <laughs> Dominic, that is it. For UFC Vegas insert number here, but that is not the way we end the show. Yeah. We end the show with a little segment called Closing Statements. The point of the show where me and Dom can talk about anything and everything, MMA related or not. Yes, people, I'm going to continue calling Dom by his name on the show. I know some other individuals named Dominic have uh, said how much it scares them when they hear me oh, yeah. say yeah. say your name. Uh, but I'm but I ain't going to stop doing it. So quit asking. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But anyways, Dominic. Closing statements. Do you have anything for today? Thursday? I, I, see, I feel like you should probably take the reign here because this is one that we can probably just mesh together on. So I'm going to let it open to you. Yeah. Yep. And I already forget what I was, I was going to say. Oh, my God. It was hockey. Hockey. Think hockey. Okay. Thank you. <laughs> I was like, oh, shit, he did just forget, didn't he? I was like, that's why I was hoping you were going to go first because I was like, damn it, I already forget what I was going to (laughs) say. So, you know, guys, I'm kind of a hockey expert. Mm -hmm. Um, I think I'm 3-0 on the year in hockey bets. So Perfect. 
going for five and out tonight, so we'll yeah. keep you updated. So I'm kind of I'm kind of that dude, right? Yeah. Well, whenever I, in all seriousness, I have been wanting to get more into hockey. I wanted to watch it more. I wanted to learn more about it. Because growing up, it was always football, baseball, basketball. Yep. Those are the three sports I grew up watching, following. So up to, because of that, I just had such a step up. Or because I literally studied the game, learned it, watched it all the time. From the time I was four years old, yep. You know, you just—it's easier to get into because you just know so much about it, just because you've been following it yep. for so long. I did not have that kind of luxury with hockey. I wasn't raised to watch hockey. Never. We didn't even have hockey at our high school. Yep. With, you know, all that stuff. It was never of interest. Yep. Well, go to college. Bowling Green. Fun fact former national champions of Hell hockey. Yeah. Yeah. And that's kind of really, that's probably Bowling Green's like number one sport. I mean, their their hockey team is usually very competitive and the games are very fun to go to. So yeah. when me and Dom were freshmen in college, we would go to hockey games a decent amount. And that even continued because Dom worked for ticketing after mm-hmm. that. So he was sort of, uh, he was sort of forced to go to a lot of games. The madhouse on Mercer, baby. I remember, was that freshman year you, when you first started, you worked like uh, you were the guy out in the cold, like taking Oh, yeah, that was money. tough. Yeah, that was tough. Yeah, I remember that. I remember <laughs> yeah. that. So um, I did that with uh, – I was at the Bowling Green Toledo football game in like 2017 when Toledo won like 66 to 37. <laughs> yeah. And I was one of the guys doing the 50-50 raffle, and that was <laughs> terrible. Yeah. So I've been there. But Dominic was the first one to make that plunge into our hockey arena, which is called what? Uh, Slater Family Ice yeah, Arena. Thank you, Slater Family Ice Arena. So Dominic goes, because we are playing the Ohio State Buckeyes. That's right, you know, Ohio State. That was big for us for multiple That was. Days. Yeah, it was a big deal. So Dom goes to the game. He comes back. You know, I'm just chilling. He goes, man, we beat Ohio State. And I'm like, uh, fuck yeah, dude. I said, that's <laughs> awesome, you know. Uh, so we're just – and Dom's just talking about how what a great time it was. And, yeah. you know, it was a lot of fun. And he's like, yeah, it was a little short, but it was a lot of fun. <laughs> and, uh, and, you know, I'm like – I'm on my computer, and I'm just like, yeah, that's cool. So I get on, like, ESPN or something. And I followed Bowling Green Sports on there. So yeah. the score pops up for the, the hockey game, and it shows Ohio State as the winner. And I said, Dom, didn't you tell me that Bowling Green won tonight? And you know I had just sat down in my little chair, put my headset yeah, on. Yeah. Dude, You're like, like, yeah, yeah, that they won. I, game I was over. It. Yeah, I left. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, what was the score when you left? And I don't remember what it was, but he said it to me. And I'm looking at the box score, and that was the exact score at the end of the second period. Yeah. My man Dom got up at the end of the second period and thought the game was over. Yeah. That man walked like a mile <laughs> all the back to the dorm, yeah. all happy, thinking – I went to my first hockey game. We won, beat Ohio State, only to find out that he had missed the whole period of play. Yeah, yeah. 
So listen, listen, listen. I have to I have to at least paint it from my perspective. I'm in the arena, the slate, the madhouse on Mercer. I think it was like two to one, maybe. And then they mm. lost three to two, probably. I think, I think like that's that. what it was. And so up in hockey, it's three periods, obviously. I didn't know that. 20 minutes each, <laughs> an hour game. I never watched hockey on TV. I'd never been to a hockey game ever. First time there. I'm sitting by myself because I it was, it was, we were still newer, didn't have a ton of people right. yet, and blah, blah, blah. And so, like, between periods, so many people get up and, and leave. Well, obviously, after the first period, I'm like, oh, cool, it's halftime. So I just chilled out, <laughs> right? So the second one ends, and even more people, I swear to you, got up. So I'm like, oh, that's the game. We won. Let's go. <laughs> In hindsight, I'm thinking, what the fuck did I think we won for? There was no PA announcement. There was no experience like celebrations or video boards playing, nothing. People just got up and left. I'm like, we just don't celebrate winning that much, I guess. Well, I couldn't find the door to walk out of. I walked through the whole damn thing, ended up walking out the back of the building. It was it was just all so weird. But, yeah, that that's everybody got up, but they were just going to the concession stand, going to take a leak. My ass left the match, thought it was over with and done, and I'll never forget being in the dorm that night. And Noah goes, what? what do you mean we won? We didn't win. And I just felt so small and just Damn. stupid, but yeah. at God, it's a fun story though. Yeah. I mean, you probably should have felt that way, but um, <laughs> well, yeah. in all honesty, oh, man. like I, I, I can't get the thought out of my head because I wasn't there with you. So I just have to imagine what, you were what other people around you were experiencing. And I'm just imagining you getting up and like high-fiving all these people <laughs> around you being like, we did it guys. Let's oh, go. Let's go. Yeah. And you're yeah. like trying to find your way out and you're like, talons up and all <laughs> yes. this stuff. Yeah. And, uh, and everybody's just like, the fuck's this guy all excited about? Like there's still 20 more minutes. Yeah. And, uh, the thought of that just, makes me it's it's why i breathe it really is just another one of those like you're a new college student stories we have so many of those and that's just one for me we didn't realize it at the time man but boy were we fucking stupid you really look back now and you see it we were we were some dumb motherfuckers when we went to college and we were pretty smart for our high school which is saying a lot man because Freshman I mean, year of college is just a different experience. I mean, you know? we, we asked an RA to basically break into our room because our <laughs> window was open. I mean, guys, we so, just our so little, many. Our little just, lounge room. I mean. Oh, God. Yeah. Just so man. many memories. I miss it. Mm. But, God, were we fucking dumb. <laughs> it's great stuff. It's great stuff. But my name's Noah Baker. That's Dominic Slee. We are but just two of the below average Joes, and we will see you guys on Monday.